Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Kayfabe Comparisons. My name is Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined, as always, by the KG Cast Lush. Cass, how you doing, bro? I am fantastic. Hey, now, what is going on? Let's do it. Dude, I am so hyped. We have a double nostalgia show today. Uh, We are throwing it all the way back to 1989. We're covering the Great American Bash, uh, the NWA, WCW, whatever you want to call them. Um, from from 89, the Great American Bash versus 1999's uh, WWF fully loaded height of the Attitude Era. So we're really going to get to digest the, uh, you know, the golden days of NWA versus, you know, the heyday of WWF and the Attitude Era. I'm pretty pumped about it, man. Um, well, you know, watching these shows, I had a lot going on this weekend. I went to Michigan, came back, had a family reunion. Cass had family in town today. We're recording this episode a little late, but Cass, what do you, overall, man, how are you feeling about these shows? And oh yeah, man, these uh, the actually I like these better than the uh, current comparisons for some reason. I like going back and doing two uh, two old school shows head to head. It's always fun, man. They're fun. They're a little more fun. Yeah, well, see, I don't know. It seems like the listeners like them too. Yeah. I, I, I like I like being able to do it all. I'm really hyped. Yeah, I for, like it all, but I, I, just, one, I get excited for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. totally. So let's just, man, let's just jump right into it. Let's start with uh, 1989's Great American Bash. And, dude, that opening package was probably the most 80s opening package of all time. The music was absolutely amazing. Uh, it was great to hear, you know, little baby Jim Ross, uh, oh, you know, yeah. being just a, a young buckaroo and just uh, really, really enthused. Really enjoyed uh, the opening package. What did you think about how they how they opened the show and, like, with the layout of the show and everything? Yeah. I liked it. I, I pretty much wrote the same thing. It was it was very it was very 80s. You know, this is WCW 89 trying to compete with WW well NWA slash WCW. But you got to think of the times. I was putting that in perspective. This is 89 at this point. WrestleMania. I think they're at like WrestleMania five or four. Like they've had a couple WrestleManias. Yeah. WrestleMania is pretty global. I looked it up. I have it later on in my notes. I know the exact number, so I'll get there whenever I get to it. But um, four, yeah, four. I know it's five or four. Um, so you know, you got to think. This is NWA, WCW. They're 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 going global. They're trying to go global. They're trying to be, you know, just as good as the. Yeah. WWE, which is in pop culture, really killing it at this point. I mean, they're definitely the top dogs, you know. So I was just kind of thinking, you know, this is this is them in their mindset trying yeah. to put together a show that's going to compete with Re- WrestleMania. I know this isn't their top show, but this is them trying to compete with a SummerSlam, a Survivor Series, yeah, whatever totally. WWF is doing right now. And you know, as we'll see later on, I don't think it, it hit the mark that if we were going to compare it to a WWF 89 show, I don't think it was as good as any of those. But especially uh, just product wise, the uh, production wise, not product wise, production wise, it definitely d- couldn't touch WWF 89. But um, there was some technical difficulties at the start, but I think that's because there was commercials whenever this originally aired. So it went out, and then there was the banner on the WWE Network that said, you know, we're going to – pretty much said we're going to try to make this the I best think it was. Can. I think the actual the tape that they had was just was just damaged. I don't, I'm pretty sure. sure this was a pay-per-view. I don't think there were any okay. commercials. I think it was just okay. – they had issues with the actual, the actual recording of it. You're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, I know it was a pay-per-view, but I thought maybe it was an ad or something because of how it yeah, jumped. Yeah, it's possible. But, it's possible, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, the WWE did that. That net, the network does the little banner there, but uh, and that's you can't take away. That's just the network. You know, I'm sure originally. I hope originally when this played, they didn't have skips like that. I, I wouldn't no, think. No, no, certainly not. No, no. Yeah, but you know, that was my main thought. That uh, it was very 80s. It was it was cool. I actually liked it. I mean, there wasn't anything bad about it, but that gave me that for some reason. When once I started it, I watched this whole pay per view. I was comparing it to 99 fully loaded, but I was also just comparing it with, you know, this is them trying to compete with WWF. This is 89. This is crucial time. This was a crucial time for, for NWA, WCW. Uh, obviously things went a lot different after this a couple years later, but yeah, man. Yeah. And then, and then you have that, and then it jumped right into the first match, which was, uh, I believe they called it a King of the Hill battle Royal. And I'll just, yeah. that's okay with you. Yeah. I'll jump Take it right away. in. Take it away. So man, first, First thing I noticed was the cheesiest Scott Hall. I mean, you got oh, Scott that Hall stash, dude. steroided that stash. up, looking like Magnum PA. He was like so jacked up on roids, it wasn't even funny. And he looked so cheesy. He smiled into the microphone very happily. It was just very funny to see Scott Hall that way. And then yeah, this match had a lot of greats, which at first I thought was cool. Because, you know, you had Psycho Sid, you had the Steiners, you had yeah. Hall, you had Terry Gordy, uh, Flying Brian, uh, Ron Simmons. Uh, I mean, you... The, Steiners, the, both the Steiners. Yeah, yeah, I said that. I said that. Don't don't you correct me, Daniel. I said the Steiners. You weren't listening. Um, just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, so I thought that was a good thing at first, but then later on I realized all those guys or all the guys that are on the show later on. So that was kind of weird. I mean, yeah. I, I, at first I was like, oh my God, this is great. And then the next match had two people from this match. So that was kind of weird. Um, yeah, I was always uh, jealous when I was younger of the two ring type match. Yeah. Uh, and they did it this way with this battle royal. And they also they incorporated this battle royal with it. I don't know which came first because I'm not an NWA WCW fan. The King of the Hill battle royal or the War Games match, but obviously uh, the War Games has to have War two, Games for two sure. Rings. So um, and so they just made a battle royal with two rings whenever they have War Games. I'm guessing they they would do that. Um, I think they just did it for this show. Just did uh, it for that. Well, that was yeah. a good idea. It was a good yeah. idea. I was always jealous of the War Games match. The just the two rings match always looked really cool. On uh, as a as a kid looking over on the other yeah. side because I was always trying to stay loyal to the WWF and I always that was one of the things I was always jealous of Sting. I never got to watch Sting and I always thought he looked really cool, but I didn't want to admit it. And then I was always <laughs> jealous of a match with two. I mean, just thinking of it as you're like a eight year old kid. And yeah. you don't want to admit it, but you like kind of see pictures of two rings and you're like, oh man, what the hell are they doing over there, man? I'm, I always remember that. Um, so it was cool to actually see. This is my first time ever seeing a uh, King of the Hill Battle Royal. I don't know. The rules kind of sucked. So, I mean, I was jealous of it, but once you actually see it, I didn't like it. Especially after Sid's just standing there waiting f to see who wins the other Battle Royal. I don't. I don't know. They could have maybe th – there had to have been a better way to do this. Yeah, um, I agree. And uh, and then also, it's 1989, and Dr. Death, Steve Williams, comes out wearing the exact same gear as the most famous wrestler in the history of wrestling, Hulk Hogan, wearing the exact same gear, red and yellow. Like, that's like 1996, somebody in WCW coming out with heart pants, with heart uh, breaks all over them, like – what are you doing, bro? I, I could not 
every time he came out, all I was thinking was, why is he wearing red and yellow in 1989, the height of Hulkamania? Yeah, I, thought I that, agree. I, it, thought that it, I noticed that you, you know how you know how much that bothers me when we talk, yeah. when we talk about ring oh, gear yeah. like that. Well, yeah, that's definitely. You yeah, always yeah. here. I, I was like, why? That doesn't even help you. That makes you look like I don't know. I, I don't know what the thought I is. I completely there. agree. It, but you know what? There is a chance, and we'll never know. There is a chance that they didn't even freaking realize it. I, I mean, it's like you know, yeah. he just it's that was his unlikely. Key. It's he, unlikely. Man, you know, unlikely. Unlike. Probably a dig. It was probably a rib. It was. It might have even it's been like not a, a, a bet dig. in the back. In the back, though, like it might have been like a bet. Like I'll bet you won't wear like you know the, just Hogan's gear straight That's up. Not good for business, especially when you're trying to compete. You it know, seems like the boys just working in each other. That's what it kind of yeah. seems like to probably, me. But. You're, That's you're right. It's pro- if I had to guess, it's the boys working each other because, I mean, it being like a rib and trying to take a shot at the WWF, like that doesn't take a shot. That makes you look like an idiot. You're wearing yeah, yellow, and that's. You're not taking a shot. You look like you're copying the most famous wrestler on the planet still today. If you don't know wrestling, you know who Hulk Hogan is. I don't have yeah. to tell you guys that. Anyway, um, there, there was a couple more technical difficulties in the match, which kind of made it hard to watch. But um, like I said earlier, that's probably not how it originally aired, so you can't take away from like a rating, uh, uh, in, my, in my opinion. Uh, so Sid wins. He's waiting around, which was stupid. Then Dan Spivey wins, and then they're a tag they're actually a team, and then they split skyscrapers. The yeah, the skyscrapers. I gave it a D minus, man. I gave it a D minus. I, I, it was, dude, dude. I, I, so okay, yeah. So like, to me, it was just a, a huge mass of like bodies. Uh, but it was kind of cool to see it, like kind of yeah, like how we yeah. talked about like with, with the Royal Rumbles and stuff. Like it's cool because they started off and like everybody's already in the ring, so it just it felt yeah. like. It, like and it was cool to see like all these Hall of Famers like dude did you know that Scott Hall has never been in a Royal Rumble? He's no. ne- Razor Ramon was never in the Royal Rumble, never. Wow, he's been on the pay per view, but he's just yeah. never been. Yeah, he a always match? had a singles match. Yeah, he always had a singles match on the show. So it's kind of crazy like seeing him in a battle royal. I thought that was kind of kind of cool. Uh, How but did it, you it find was kinda, that out? Uh, from other podcasts that I listen to. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, I shouldn't ask that. Damn. <laughs> but it's all good. I mean, come on now, dude. The wrestling podcast circuit yeah. is like so big. If you guys are listening to this, then you probably subscribe to like over a dozen wrestling podcasts, oh. and we appreciate we appreciate the support for sure. But but yeah, man. Back to the match. Like, I mean, it was it was it wasn't bad for a battle royal, honestly. It wasn't terrible. Um, but at the same time, again, like the gear. I had a whole paragraph about Doctor Death and the whole Hogan because <laughs> you know that's my thing. I just I hate that. Like, I, love it. I, I was like I, in my mind, like the whole time I'm watching the match, I'm like. Why in God's name? Like, surely yeah. he knew. Like, and then I'm thinking, it's like, dude, I hear about all these stories from the 80s and the 90s, and it just sounds totally like the boys just worked him into like wearing Hogan gear, and yeah. that's that makes it kind of funny to you me. You can wear it, dude. You, sure. he doesn't own red and yellow. Right, exactly. You can wear it. Exactly. Exactly. You I think idiot. that's pretty awesome. Um, it was really weird that the, both the skyscrapers won, and they just decided to like be co-winners and split the cash. That the same. Pe- really weird to me yeah the the best thing about that i'm sorry i should add this when i was talking but the whole point of like wwe's battle royals and royal rumbles are even even tag teams like the whole yeah. point of the even the early ones like they even vince will spell it out for you even tag teams are gonna fight in this match it's all every man for it's all about every man for himself yeah. like yeah. that's the whole like premise of a battle royale. Yeah, that's yeah. the best part of it. You get to see these tag teams and they're gonna fight. And it was cool whenever it's like, uh oh, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have to go at it. They're gonna fight for the first time. And then 
they kind of like totally muffed it. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. No, we'll rough. split it. I mean, honestly, the whole thing was pretty rough. The, the, the Teddy Long cutting like a long heel promo was super 80s. It was super Teddy Long. It was super bad. <laughs> it was just, it wasn't good. Uh, yeah, I gave the match one star. But guess what, Uncle Dave, good old embarrassing Uncle Dave at, at Thanksgiving that nobody wants to talk to you that you get caught in the corner by. Good old Uncle Dave rated this match three stars in 1989. There you so go. So he gave it pretty much a B plus. Uh, old go. Dave Meltzer, that's a... Uh, Fantastic, man. All right, so let's let's get in our time machine. Let's 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 hop ahead ten years, and it's 1999. We are the height of Attitude Era. Suck it and middle fingers and beer swilling is just the most popular thing in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so it opened up with like a, a nice kind of package covering Austin and Taker and like that heat, like the Sunday Night Heat segment they had. Um, I didn't make any notes for it, but just because I had some extra time on my hands, I actually watched this episode of Heat before this and. Part of me thought that Heat was better than this show, but let's just jump right into it. Uh, it was Edge versus Jeff Jarrett for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, man, the crowd is hype. I just really don't like Jarrett as a wrestler. Like, I think he's a pretty good promo. I think he's been creative, but I think his in-ring bell-to-bell career has been mediocre at best. I'm not saying he's absolute garbage. I'm not saying he's the worst wrestler in the world. He just is so vanilla and so bland to me. Um it was cool to see ba- like a baby, baby edge. Like he just looks so, so young. And Deborah was super on point in 1999. Uh, it was definitely too long. So uh, you know, just just for, for Cass, I know I'm yeah. stealing your line there, but it was there it, it was a little too long. Um, it just wasn't for me overall. Gangrel comes out for interference, but ends up getting beat up by Edge, and that was really stupid. Uh, that helped no one, really. Uh, it was a couple of good false finishes there towards the end, and Jarrett went over with a distraction from Debra. I don't know. It just felt like the finish was... After those false finishes, I expected a better finish. So I gave this match like one and a half stars. So like uh, I guess like a D plus to a C minus. Uh, what did you think about Edge versus Jeff Jarrett for the IC strap here? Man, so first let me go back to the start of the start of the show because I really like the opening package. And my main note on that was why can't wrestling be like this? Why? Like the way they laid out this pay-per-view on the opening of the show, I, I just don't see why we can't go back to this. I, I, I love it. You know, we don't have to have the middle fingers and the suckets. If yeah. that's offending everybody who wants to get offended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but just man, I I just don't know why we can't go back to that, and it just really made me kind of sad. But back to the match. It was Edge, the champ versus Jeff Jarrett. I, I love Jeff Jarrett, man. I love his days as Double J. Uh, this Jeff Jarrett, I wasn't that big of a fan of, where he starts doing the whole guitar thing. That's where I think he went downhill because I think. Smashing people over the head with the guitar never got over. He broke so yep, many guitars and it never worked. And I, I, he kind of just stuck with that and then bought his own company and made it work, I feel like. But after going to WCW and it not working there either. Um, but I actually like Double J, man. I think the I think the Nashville character I had as Double J was was really good. Hey, and the, I, I loved it. I love it. it was such Nashville a good bad girl. name. No, it made me. I love to hate that that character. I love to hate that character. I thought they were good together. They had like they were they were they killed it together. Edge and Jeff Jarrett. They had great timing and oh, everything. Oh wow! Yeah, I think they looked. I think I thought this was a a good hidden gem 
uh, with two greats with oh, Edge wow. and Jeff Jarrett. Because two I think greats. a lot of people will say Jeff Jarrett's a great. Edge is a former champion Hall of Famer. Uh, Jeff Jarrett's a Hall of Famer. I think Jeff Jarrett's a great. Um, he's uh, he's Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, he's a great. Um, the the uh, main yeah main note that took mo- a lot away from it was that it was too long. I think if it was a lot shorter. Uh, and without and with a different finish, it would be it could have been an A match, but because of the finish and the way uh, and how long it was, um, man, I had to give it a C at best because that finish was terrible. The lights go off, and then Edge stops Gangrel from the blood bath, and then I don't know that that was terrible. And the match was just ended up getting way too long. Uh, one other thing was. When's the last time you saw somebody hold a sleeper hole for that long in today's Good God, dude. They don't do that Good anymore. Good God, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the match was that. too long. It was like the third longest yeah. match on this entire card. The opening, and it's the match, opening match. But like, why in an opening match did they think it was cool <laughs> to sit there in a sleeper hole for that long? I don't know. Silly. That should have been a lot. That's, that match should have been a lot quicker. At first, though, I thought it was great. I mean, I gave it a C. I mean, close to a C plus, but the finish was like absolute trash. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. Well, Uncle Dave gave it a three stars as well. Oh, so cool. Uncle Dave is even here on these. Uh, but you know what? If I have to give the edge uh, in this comparison, I got to give it to 99 too. Edge? Uh, just because, yeah, yeah, just because of the battle. Yeah, no pun intended. But um, just because the Battle Royals just aren't my thing and the way it ended with, I mean, it was even, I mean, to me, that ending for that Battle Royal was even worse. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, speaking of, let's just jump back over to 1989. Uh, and it's Brian Pillman, flying Brian Pillman versus Bill Irwin. Um, mm. Don't remember anything about Bill Irwin other than this match, really. Um, it was cool to see Brian so young and like healthy. Um, there was so much perm in the ring at that point, like just with hair, like from both of them. It was it was uncanny. Um, natural, natural. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Um, but yeah, Ross Ross sounded super super young, like, but he was obviously just still killing it. I mean, he's Definitely on the top of his game at this point. Uh, he hadn't really found... He wasn't a character. He was just a play-by-play guy. He wasn't good old JR. He was just Jim Ross being a play-by-play guy. And it was really good. Um, he's the only thing that really made the whole thing maintain its pace to a, uh, a TV audience. Like I feel like without his commentary, it would have been boring. But he kept the commentary pretty interesting, honestly. And it wasn't a bad match at all, considering I didn't even know really who Bill Irwin was. And he played a really good part. He was a really good heel. I mean, I would not ma- I would not mind watching more of his matches. He kind of sold me on himself, at least as, you know, a mid-card guy. Uh, I won't go out of my way to watch him, but I'm not going to skip a Bill Irwin match the next time it pops up because I enjoyed this. Pillman made him look really good. Uh, Pillman went over. After a crossbody from ring two into ring one, I gave the match two and a half stars. Um, so like a C plus to like a, a B minus. Uh, it wasn't absolutely, it wasn't, you know, wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was a little better. It was a little better than mediocre. Not quite super good. What did you think about Brian Pillman versus Bill Irwin here? Yeah, man. So, you know, you got JR just, he couldn't wait to tell you. Like, this whole show, he could not wait to tell you he knew about football. It was like, I hey, know. you guys, I, I know football. If you didn't know, do you guys not know football? Um, but I love good old JR. He's the greatest announcer of all time. Um, worst thing about this match is that you just saw both of them in the Battle Royal and they came right back out. That does not fly in the World Wrestling Federation. Thank God that they don't do stuff like that ever. 
They've never done stuff. I think that is so out of place to my eyes when I watch a show to have a battle royal, then two of those men come right back out for the next match. It just looked like crap. I'm sure somebody's going to be like that. The WWF did that in 93 one time. Um, maybe they did, but it's not a common thing for any wrestling promo- promotion. It's just bad booking. It's bad booking. They were trying to overload that battle royal with stars, and the yeah. only stars they had were the stars that were in the match, other matches. Um, that was really bad. For, uh, the, I didn't like that throughout the show because pretty much everybody else, it was the worst for this match because this match followed it, obviously. But Bill Irwin, I do know a lot about him. He's from WCCW uh, out of Texas. He's very good friends with the Von Erics. Um, you see him a lot in the documentary that the WWE Network has about the Von Erics, which is a really good documentary. If you don't know that documentary about WCW, WCCW, that is one of the greatest documentaries, wrestling or not wrestling, I've ever seen. It's so fantastic. It's called The... Triumph and Tragedy, I think, is what it's called of the yeah. W of WCCW. He's in that a lot. He's he was also in the World Wrestling Federation as the goon. The the uh, oh, he was the goon. Yeah, that's okay. the goon. All right, cool. Yeah, you'll Good see. You see nice. him. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, I I love him. I knew him as the goon first, but then I knew. Then I once I saw that documentary for WCW WCCW, I've gone back and watched. He's actually great. I actually like. I like, uh, just as, as you did, I like Bill Irwin. Um, he was way better in WCCW than he was in the World Wrestling Federation as the goon. <laughs> <It's a laughs> Definitely. Um, I love seeing young Brian Pillman, Flying Brian. I thought it was a good, fast-paced, excellent match. I loved it. Uh, Wild Bill, that's what they were calling him, being a great heel. Like, that guy was an old-school heel. I mean, he comes from the Von Erics. He comes from that. I mean, it makes sense. But he was such a great heel. Like, he was a... He himself was a hidden gem in this whole show, watching him be such a, a great old school he, heel in this time of wrestling. Uh, as you said, I like Brian jumping from the second ring over to the other in the crossbody. Crossbody in the 89 was, off the top rope was a big move, especially if you're jumping from the other ring. It must have felt even bigger. I gave it a C plus. I like the match. Wow, yeah, I think that we're all on the same page, including Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave gave this match two and a half stars. Wow. Uh, and that's, ex- that's exactly what I gave it. Wait, he gave um, it two and a half, but he gave the Battle Royal three? Yeah, yeah. That guy's yeah. a psychopath. He needs yeah. to go <laughs> Well, speaking of psychopaths, we're going to jump over to, to uh, match number two and, and fully loaded, and we had the Acolytes uh, versus the Hardy Boys and Mr. Doot 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 himself. Doot. Uh, Mr. Bad Street, uh, Michael Hayes. Um, so okay, so this is where Bad I'm gonna Street. be a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm gonna be a little bit uh, old school on my soapbox about this one. Um, this is not like a wrestling match. It was just pretty much pure brawling. Uh, I mean, there was some pretty awesome dives by the. Especially considering, like, you know, I try to put myself in that time. Like, 1999, it wasn't really nearly as common for those things to happen in every single match like they do now. Uh, but, yeah, it was cool. Um, I, th- I thought this was a tornado tag since it was, like, a handicap match. And it, like, started off. like the, I mean, the bell rang. And there was, like, a solid three or four minutes of everybody just kind of in the ring. And then all of a sudden, about halfway through, they go to their corners. And that really, really, really bothered me. Like... Took me out of the match totally. I was like, wait, what's happening? Like, is this not a tornado tag? It felt really weird to me. Um, and once it was an actual tag match, 
Uh, it was pretty much just pouring heat on Jeff with no tags. And then all of a sudden, like, it went back to being a tornado format. And, like, Matt covers Farouk for a two count, but Matt wasn't, he never got, he was never in the match. He never got tagged. Jeff was still the legal guy. And that just bothers the shit out of me. Like, I, I just hate that. Like, there were, there were no tags. Um, Bradshaw pins Hayes after a double power bomb to win the WWF Tag Team Championships. While I liked everyone in this match at different points in their career and different matches, I liked everybody involved. Um, the booking was absolutely garbage in this match. I mean, it was really, really, really bad. So much so that it made it made so little sense to me that even though the action wasn't bad, I gave this match literally a dud because it made no sense at all. So, I mean, what... What, what do you think about this awkward tornado slash tag yeah. slash handicap, whatever the hell it was? What, what did you think about the accolades versus the Hardys and Hayes? It was the drizzling shit is what it was. It was the drizzling shit. I give it a dud, man. I yeah. give it a dud. It was, it was, you know, you got, it, does, it didn't make sense because Hayes all of a sudden invoked the Freebirds rule and he was in the match. and. Yeah commentary seemed to be a little confused about it too they even said at the beginning of the match like even Hayes is in there he's not part of the match and then it took almost until the very end of the match where they all end up standing on the apron because it was chaos the match was chaos they're fighting on the outside then they go to the inside then they go back to the outside they finally make it to the inside nobody ever goes and stands on the apron and makes actual tags and they're doing double team moves and then it takes like 20 minutes and then they finally all start standing on the apron, and you're thinking, what the hell is Michael Hayes standing on the apron for? Yeah. And then he gets tagged in and wrestles. It was like, wait. I mean, I know I get it because he's part of the Freebirds, and that was the Freebirds rule. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Why was this? When did they ever announce? They didn't announce this a three on two match. It wasn't no, like yeah. it didn't seem like it was supposed to be three on two. Maybe I need to watch the Raw beforehand, and maybe I'm completely wrong. But from how commentary was acting, Give it, granted, I did not watch the Raw before. I don't know the storyline leading up off the top of my head. It's been a I'm really long time. I'm pretty sure it was always supposed to be a handicap match because I'm pretty sure okay. they did a promo backstage beforehand. I want to say at heat, okay. it was it was already determined. Then it was commentary confused me because they kept yeah. they said yeah. what Overall, is Mike Hayes Everything was confusing. Well, there about you this. go. Everything. There you go. Yeah, so it was supposed to be that, but then you have commentary saying, what is Michael Hayes doing out there? Why is he getting involved? Right away, whenever they, like, right when the match started, they all, like, right when the Hardy boys got out there, if they started going, and there was a comment made about that. So in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, they're, because Michael, he could get disqualified, is what I was thinking. Like, why is he punching? He, shouldn't he be disqualified? Anyway, it was confusing. Yeah, whether, no, where, whether it should have been handicapped or not, which is stupid because, the Hardy Boys shouldn't need a handicap. They they obviously would go on to be one of the yeah, greatest. They're they're the it's, at this point they are the tag team champions. Like yeah, it's so silly. It, like so to for the WWE WWF to make it a handicap match. That's like booking not believing in the Hardy Boys to be believable enough to beat the acolytes. When sure they're believable enough. They're believable enough because they can beat them with high flying moves. It's wrestling. We've yeah. had and this is 1999. Like to make it a. Uh, a uh, three against two, that's like, well, this isn't 1975. Like, it's not just because they're little. Like, they're not even that small. And then yeah, they do these no, crazy high-flying moves. They are way more, that is, n- nobody would have thought different if the Hardy Boys would have beat 
the acolytes right there by themselves with not cheating just because they do crazy moves. That one spot where Jeff did the uh, a flip to the outside and then Matt did a, a backflip off the outside, that was incredible. I mean, yeah, it was cool. It yeah. sucks that we have to grade it so low after the Hardy Boys put so much effort in, but it's a dud, man. It was the drizzling, you know what? Well, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? Uh, Uncle Dave gave this match. Uncle Dave, because the Hardy Boys did flips, he gave it four stars. He gave it two stars. Oh, he gave I it two can't. stars. He's the guy's so all he, over the place. You can't yeah, even get. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, he just doesn't that have a sense. solid opinion, no guys. To... I'm sorry, that dude just doesn't have a solid opinion. Like, well, and I, no, I, if he's if it's in the Tokyo Dome, five. Stars. Uh, <laughs> but hey, you know what? Let's jump back over to '89. You know who always pretty much has a solid opinion? Mr. Paul E. Dangerously, Paul Heyman, delivering an epic promo on Jim Cornette. Uh, dude, this was like. This was going to be the Gaga of the show, and I got so hyped because I was like, oh, my God. Like, I picked the show where Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette are going to wrestle. I oh, was, yeah. And I had no idea, and I was like, I am so hyped. I was like, I literally wrote down, like, I am a genius. This is perfect because sometimes, uh, like, guys, I'll just go back and look at dates, and I'll get, like, the main event or, like, whatever the WWE, like, network description says. And then, I'll, you know, once I've already set the show, then I'll go back and do my research and, like, and yeah. try to get, you know, like, Dave's ratings and that kind of thing. But I just had missed this all together. But, yeah, man, love this promo. But that's going to lead us into the match, which was the Dynamic Dudes, Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas versus the Skyscrapers, Dan Spivey and Psycho Sid. You know what, man? I'm going to let you go ahead and take the lead on this one. What did you think about Johnny Ace and the Dynamic Dudes versus Psycho Sid and the Skyscrapers? Yeah, yeah, yeah Daniel. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you what I think about this match. I like, I like the Dynamic Dudes and I like the Skyscrapers. I think they both looked very cool. All right, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> man, seeing dynamic dudes, bruh. <laughs> oh God, he picked up this chubby kid from the crowd, and he looked like you can see he was oh, like struggling no. to pick up the fat kid. It was so terrible. Why did he I pick know, him? I know. Oh man. man, you know what? That kid probably grew up to be like super healthy and like oh, a great like linebacker sure. or something. But man. That oh god, it was so funny, man. With the frisbees, dude. What is happening? Uh, what is going on? That was so WCW. Um, so WCW. That's right up there with like Red Rooster status on terrible gimmicks or like Goon status. Since we just saw Wild Bill, I mean, dynamic dudes. That gimmick, just seeing them come out, I couldn't. Be- it was like I like my mouth was like. Probably, I know you guys can't see, but probably when I was watching it, I was probably just staring with my mouth open, not really blinking, just thinking like, Gaping. what what the hell is this? Just like, what is going on? And then the Frisbee and the fat kid, it was like, oh, Jesus man. Lord, God help me. Dude, oh. dude, they were trying to be cool. They were trying to be high-flying, like a high-flying tag team. Not good. Like, I never, I've always <laughs> heard good. about them. <laughs> I did not realize they were trying to be like, they were trying to be like Sean and Marty. Yeah, they were trying to be the Rockers. I didn't realize that. Like, I've always heard about them. I've always heard about them coming out on skateboards and everything. I had no idea. I can't believe it. What? It's 2019, and I'm just now realizing WCW tried to have the Rock, which is funny because the Rockers are obviously ripping off the 
the Midnight Express and uh, the Rock and Roll Express. You know, yeah. like that was their thing. Yeah. There were Midnight Rockers. Like, so they didn't need to come. But uh, let WCW be the ones to do it. WWE is ripping off them. They don't realize it. So then they try to rip off WWE back on the same piece. Like, you already had yeah. the guys that we're ripping yeah. off anyway. Yeah. So I noticed it during this match. I'm like, wait a minute. They're trying to be the Rockers. They're trying to be Sean and Marty. They were doing like terrible tag team stuff all off all i mean god bless these two guys maybe they're great you know johnny ace and shane i mean i never liked either one of them but they i mean like shane douglas being a high flyer it was bad man and i know they weren't supposed to be like super high fly tag but they definitely were they were definitely trying to be be like jumping off the top ropes and doing tag team moves like the only other tag team i've ever seen in up to 89 was the Rockers. So, I mean, I don't know how you can argue that they weren't trying to rip off the Rockers and doing, like, the worst job at it. Uh, fans were into the match, though. Fans were fans were killing it, man. Uh, yeah, the fans, yeah, the fans were high for this, for sure. Dan Spivey? I will never let that dude give me a powerbomb because he almost killed the man. Uh, it was, like, the worst powerbomb I've ever seen in my life. Uh, uh, that was on the guy that was taking it. Honestly, uh, he, he mistimed his, his hop. That's exactly what happened. I mean, I, I, I can. Okay, tell you, I have I can to tell watch you it over from, again. From mistiming my own hop and being dropped sure. on my neck in training, I know for a fact that it was probably his fault. Like, it's it's very unlikely that it was Spivey's fault. Man, talk about getting dropped on you. I have. This is totally off subject, but I have like PTSD from a time I was taking a vertical suplex and just got mm. dropped straight on my neck like i have, oh. like, I literally will like be just daydreaming and be like i could have died i could have been paralyzed <laughs> like i literally yeah, i woke up died. the next i woke up the next my nose didn't bleed when it happened i woke up the next day with like blood in my nose i don't know what that means it's been like 10 years i'm probably fine but i have bad memory i still think it's from that vertical suplex I this literally explains so much. Right this explains on my head. so much. It, all of it <laughs> is so just coming full circle and I'm making so, so much small. sense to me. I'm so small. <laughs> I still only weigh like 135. How do you not hold me up to vertical suplex? Right on oh, my head. Oh, man. So what was your overall rating for this one then? <laughs> I gave it a C minus. A C minus? Okay. Because of the fans. Because And I wrote that. Okay. Because of the fans. Okay. I thought the fans were like so into this match that... It was uh, they made it good. They made it a little good because I don't know if they made it good. All right, I mean, yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed like all of my notes too. Uh, I will say that like having Jr. like pretty much burying the WWF on commentary during this match was absolutely fantastic. He did a pretty great job of it. Uh, I mean, I, and I, I liked I again like I liked the match, but I liked it more for comedy reasons. And I've said this on the R show a couple times before where. You know, it wasn't intended to be comedy. So, like, it's hard for me. Like, as a, as a fan now, going back, watching a nostalgia show, I thoroughly enjoyed watching this match. I thought the commentary was great. But Johnny Ace botched a couple spots, including that finish. And, I mean, yeah, I enjoyed it. So, I gave it one and a half stars, which I guess would have been, like, a D plus to a C minus. Eh, whatever, um, yeah. Let's find out what Uncle Dave thought about this one, though. Uncle oh, Dave. God. What do you get? Five this, stars? No, one star. So he hated it. Uh, that doesn't like he doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't make it, any it sense at all. It literally doesn't man. make sense. But hey, you know what? I don't know how you could even argue. Like I'd love to be in a. I'd love to see a debate. I, I don't. 
yeah, anyway. Dude, but you know I'm what? You know what else that. doesn't make sense at all? Let's just keep the nonsense rolling. Yeah, but let's do the it. next match on this card uh, and on Fully Loaded in 1999 was Midian versus D'Lo for the European title. Uh, there's literally no, no I... reason for this match to be on a pay-per-view. Uh, no. Regardless of what the angles were at the time, this is bad placement, and it was a bad match. Uh, the moves were ugly. Uh, for some reason, I I remembered Midian being a decent worker, but every time I've seen no. him now, like, we covered it. Yeah. yeah, he was bad. Like, really bad. Like, really bad. Like, he was... I don't understand how he had a job for as long as he did. He was just not good at all. Um, the crowd did really pop for the finish, and the frog splash was pretty much the only thing that looked good. But, I, again, two matches in a row. I don't think I've ever done this for a WWF show, but two matches in a row I gave a dud. I gave this match zero stars. Uh, what did you think about Midian versus D'Lo for the European Championship? Yeah, man, I watched this match. I had pretty much every thought you just said. Uh, you know, no offense, D'Lo is a great worker. D'Lo can kill it. This yeah, definitely, match, yeah. The placement of it was weird, you know, no offense to the European title, but yeah, man, it was it was a dud if there's ever been a dud. Um yeah, yeah that's I right there. Well, I have Uncle nothing Dave, else to Uncle say. Uncle Dave was pretty close. He didn't give it a dud, but he only gave it a quarter of a star. So he probably well, probably just gave it a quarter of a star just for that frog splash and just yeah. for making sure D'Lo went over. Sure. Um which, you know, that's fine. So you know what? I, I'm just still hype on this eighty nine show, so let's jump back to that. Let's I mean do it. Before, before before, that third match, before the Dynamic Dudes, we had that promo from Paul Heyman that I loved. Uh, and so, you know, right after that match, we had a babyface Cornet cutting a beautiful babyface promo. Like, he did oh, a great job. Like, he's the best. Wow. But how often do you see Jim Cornette cut a oh, babyface promo? Yeah, That's exactly. the only time you'll it. ever see it. I don't know if you'll it. ever see it. Yeah. He's so good. And I was legit so hyped for the match because both these guys, the way they placed the booking staff, Whoever laid out this show, whoever the showrunner was, who put these promos in that order, like had that the tag match between these two promos, and then right. the match right after, perfect. It was perfect booking. Both guys delivered on their promos. Uh, and then, so we have Paul Heyman, or Paul E. Dangerously, as he's known then, uh, versus Jim Cornette in a tuxedo match. Um, wow, dude. I mean, they're both so over. Like, I mean, at this point, this is the most over match on the card. At this oh, point, yeah. they're so over. And... Heyman with the salt in the eyes just right away. It, w- it was cheap tactics, and it wasn't bad. Like, for what they were doing, they wrestled like managers, but it didn't suck. It was enjoyable. Like, they- I felt like they did a really good job. I mean, and when Cornette finally got his shine, he had some really good working punches. Like, I was I was really impressed by this entire match, man. Corny goes over after, kick- like, kicking the powder back into Heyman's face. It was a good story. It was a good build. And it wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. I love this match. I gave it three stars. I gave it a B to a B plus. What did you think about Paul Heyman versus Jim Cornette in a tuxedo match? You know, it, it was pretty much the main note you could say is it, it was what it was, man. You know, what do you what do you? Well, I don't want to say what do you expect from Jim Cornette, Paul Heyman in a tuxedo match because I think they excelled over what I would have thought. I mean, they they definitely, definitely were better yeah. than what you would think. I mean, they put on a, an entertaining match. I mean, it was it was entertaining, wasn't too long because thank God yeah. they didn't think to go like that that would have been terrible, you know, leave it up to WCW to make let them go 30 minutes or something. Um and if they did go 30 minutes, it was better than any other 30 minute match cuz I was I watched the whole thing and never got bored. You know, you got the powder to the eyes. 
uh, Jim Cornette wins. Uh, I gave it a good C. I gave it a good a good rating. I mean, a C for a tuxedo. Excuse me, I'm drinking beer, guys. I feel like I'm like <laughs> burping to the mic like Howard Stern or something. Hey now. Um, so we do. Yeah. So uh, I gave it a C. What'd you give it? I gave it a B. Like oh, I gave it a okay, solid good. B. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the match. Uh, Uncle Dave is kind of more on your side. He gave it a. Uh, one and three quarter stars, so almost two stars, almost a C, probably like a D plus to a C minus, I'd say is what he gave it. Don't try um, to wrap me up with Dave. Hey, you know what? I'm, I, I'm again, like I, I take screenshots of these ratings, um, and I, I purposely don't look at them until we're doing the show because I don't want to be like biased at all. Oh, and so, that would like, be terrible if you did that. I would hate. Uh, of course, because that would oh, be in the still, show. Plus, he sucks anyway. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, like. What didn't suck, in my opinion, was uh, this promo before before the next match on the fully loaded card. So we had Cole and Snow, Al Snow backstage going over the boss man angle. And, th- like, the angle sucked. Like, we all know the Al Snow, big boss man angle. It led to, like, the oh. Kennel Hell match. It was just, it got, all that stuff was garbage. But this specific promo of him, like... Like acting like he hadn't slept and the, with the makeup. And, like, he delivered it really well. A very, like, endearing promo. Now uh, it was and it was really decent, but what wasn't decent at all was the match that followed, and it was oh. Al Snow versus the Big Boss Man for the Hardcore Title. I felt like I took the lead on the past two, man. So go ahead and take the lead on this one. What do you think about Al Snow and Head versus the Big Boss Man? Yeah, man. So anytime a match is, and I know for this era, it's probably not good for me if this is not what I like, but. Man, they're all on the outside of the ring, on the outside of the arena. They're just, I mean, they're never, it was bad. Not my thing. And then the handcuffs next to the sign. I don't know. I don't know. Like you said, that that promo was great. That promo was great by Al Snow. Um, This just isn't my thing. I I, I don't have much to say because, I mean, a hardcore match, what do you say? I mean, what do you, they hit each other well with weapons. I don't, there wasn't much scientific wrestling to it. Was it wasn't uh you know any uh there wasn't any Greco-Roman holds going on here whatever the hell that crap is it was uh just full on <laughs> chair shots you know what I mean there was uh, no yeah just no go, hold. um yeah I gave it I, I gave it a dud I don't have any I mean I I don't even know how you rate it how do you rate oh it? dude what, man what do you do with a with so, okay a, so, so it wasn't okay good. okay I've no seen, you're, but, you're absolutely right. And let me say, I have seen Mick Foley put on some entertaining stuff that was only on the outside of the ring. So maybe you know I should come out of that way. It was it was crap for a hard, If I'm gonna it was, compare it, it to other hardcore so- matches, it was crap. I agree, man. I mean, okay. So, to, all right. So the very opening of this match was the only saving grace because of that pretty well delivered promo. Al Snow like starts sell like you know comes out and was like almost selling the shots that that. Bossman was like giving the mannequin head, and like that to me was kind of genius. Like yeah. it, it was he he sold it really well as a crazy as a crazy guy, and that's really where the good writing stopped. Everything after this was absolutely terrible. Not a single bit of it was in the ring. Uh, the brawl to the back uh, was was laughable at best. It makes no sense when people do that. And the golf cart wouldn't start. So Al Snow hits him with a potted tree. Uh, oh, God, yeah. I mean, dude, 
The fight outside the building, and, and then, dude, they should legit, for a shoot, almost got hit by that car. That was not a planned, like, driver coming by. Like, that, they legit almost got hit by a car. Wow. Uh, that's just kind of crazy. Um, then Bossman cuffs Snow to a fence and pins him sitting up. Dude, get that censorship ready. What the actual <laughs> happened in this match, man? Like, it just, it made no sense at all. It was garbage. It was the total <laughs> I gave this match negative two stars. This is one of the worst matches I've ever seen. And I feel like every time we do the show, I say that at least once. But, man, like, at some point, like, maybe one of our listeners can just make a collection of I've said this is the worst match I've ever seen because this is I mean these are all pretty rough man like I honestly would have rather watched that junkyard invitational that we covered no, other than no match. I would have absolutely no. 100% I at least laughed a few times in the junkyard like invitational I mean that was at least more funny to me um man and I, it wasn't God. as bad as to me at least it wasn't that bad well guess what old uncle Dave gave it he gave it one and a quarter stars so he but gave it like what? a a D plus? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's, I know. Now that we're doing this, see, I've never followed Dave. No, I haven't either. Dave. Yeah. But now that we're doing this, it makes sense why people that are in the industry who know wrestling hate think guy. the way they, they do because yeah. it doesn't make sense, bro. It makes no sense, dude. It makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. Keep going. Uh, but jumping, you, you know what? In 89. Dude, what you know what? You know what does make sense? What does make sense is the promo in 1989 right before the next match, and that was Gary Hart, who is a very underrated heel manager. Very, like, no-nonsense, very, like, soft-spoken, but very, like, yeah. intense delivery. WCW. Um, yeah, cut a, a fantastic promo on this thing in Muda match. Uh, pretty, like, solid and old, kind of creepy vibe from, from Gary Hart, but that's what he was going for. Uh, and then that's going to lead us to the next match which is Sullivan versus the Steiners in a tornado tag match. Um, Sullivan and Rick uh, just kind of start brawling right away, and Rotunda and Scott are actually wrestling. So that, that like, that to me was good booking, because it was like, hey, we're going to give you two guys that do one thing, and we're going to give you another two guys in a tornado match that do wrestling. You know what I mean? We're going to give you two guys that do brawl, two guys that actually wrestle, and kind of give you a match. Honestly, to me, because of the production and because of the camera angles, how it was shot, it was really hard to follow on TV. I do feel like if I was live and was there, I would have really enjoyed this match because uh, I would have had a broad, you know, a broad, a much more broader spectrum on it. But because for TV, it just it, it was a it was a mess. Um, I, it was really hard to follow, and it, it just wasn't for me overall. The signers go over after like a stuffed crossbody and a double pin. I gave it one star because it w- there was effort there, and I could I could see that that every time I got the camera where it should have been, it was a cool spot, but it was just so much chaos. It was just hard to follow. What did you think about the Steiners versus Rotunda and Sullivan here? Yeah, man, the Varsity Club is what they call themselves yeah. versus the yeah. Steiners. Man, uh, the match starts outside of the ring. Um, at first thought, I can't believe you didn't say it. Why are the Steiners not matching gear? They're, yeah, they look totally I, different. Yeah. Why are they not matching gear? They're the freaking Steiners. You got the Steiners. You, you're WCW. You have the Steiners on your programming. No wonder why they went to the WWF after this for WrestleMania 9. It was terrible. Um, they made it a tornado tag. I didn't know that happened. All of a sudden, it was a tornado tag. There was 
I actually like the tornado tag. They did double team pin spots where they both pinned the other, you know, both teams took turns yeah. where two guys on one team would pin the other two guys and then vice versa. And they, they did a creative way. That was a good spot. You could tell they worked on back in the back of the net. They actually executed it and it worked out and it looked good. That was about the only thing I liked from the match because other than that, the match was pretty much a mess. I mean, that's my main thought about it. It was it was a mess of a match. And why was there no Frankensteiner? But you got the yeah, I no agree. Frankensteiner. I was waiting the whole time. I'm like, oh yeah. I, I was so excited when I saw that we were doing this and I saw the Steiners were on here. I was ready for a Frankensteiner because I love the way they do a Frankensteiner. And no Frankensteiner. I gave it a D for Dud. D D D. Yeah, Uncle Dave gave this match three stars. Because he he's gave it a, a genius. A B. He's an absolute idiot, man. Like, oh, God. Okay, so, yeah, you know what? Enough about Dave. I'm just going to give his star ratings and not comment on how I feel about his star ratings. I just want to put it in perspective. I feel like it's a nice additive to have it here, so I'm going to keep throwing it in there. But I'm not. I just can't. I can't comment. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, So, yeah, let's jump back over to the 1999 show. Uh, And there was a big promo package on Big Show and Kane. And Hardcore Holly is the guest referee. Um, Hey, I got an idea. <laughs> he was really doing that too. Yeah, it was just like it, it was a very much a WTF I moment. I thought but he was gonna say that. I thought he was gonna say, "I got an idea, guys." Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I expected that to kind of happen, but yeah, man. So the match was Big Show versus Kane, uh, and pretty much right out of the gate, Show gorilla pressed Kane from the ring to the outside, and I was like, "Wow!" I was uh, I was legitimately amazed. Not only that, like show did that but that Kane just like that they took I don't I don't I mean up until I don't think I've ever seen that before from those from that big of guys like there was no like grabbing the ropes to break your fall like he just got thrown in a gorilla press and at that point too when that dude's like what is he seven and a half feet tall like almost eight feet tall like that's what is, so he's at least at least 13 or 14 feet in the air just from the ring and then what maybe four four feet up off the rings so it's probably a 20 foot drop like that's that's a hell of a bump man I verbally popped when that happened. I, biggest, I mean, like, yeah, biggest bump Kane's ever taken. Had to easily, like, most, I mean, that, that was, was crazy. Most, I, I, that was one of the most impressive things. I, I'm not being, I hope I'm not being over dramatic, but that was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in professional wrestling. That was, dude, it was no, I agree, was, especially for, especially in context. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, dude! Yeah, it was amazing, man. It was amazing, and I—I mean, I—I really enjoy it. It popped me from the beginning, and they slow but methodical pace. Like they—it's almost like, hey, we're two big guys. We don't want to get blown up, so let's just keep it as at a slow pace, so we don't have to do a bunch of rest holds and like blow ourselves up on big spots. And that's what they did, and it was really done well for big men. I thought these guys had a really good match. I—I enjoyed it. Um, I mean. It was better than a yoga match for sure. Um, and you know, oh. show goes over. Uh, show goes over after a choke slam and a fast count by Holly, which kind of aligns them. Uh, dude, I I mean, I enjoyed this. You 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 made the the guest referee thing work. They left together. They're, they're, you're obviously using that angle there. I get I gave the match two stars. It wasn't you know fantastic, but a C plus, a C plus. Uh, what what do you think about Big Show versus Kane? I'm a piggyback you on there, man. Not much to say. I was drooling over that that bump. I had Dude, to rewind it. Yeah, I, rewind, yeah. I I had to rewind it. It was like, man, it just shows you how big the big show is because big show's like a like 
Kane to Big Show, Kane's just a normal sized dude. That's why it was able to happen because the Big Show is so big. Like Kane is yeah. so big. Kane does that to normal sized people, but the Big Show does that to Kane like a normal sized person. It makes you. I mean, Kane taking that butt, man. He tried to grab the ropes to break his fall, and yeah. he, he like barely like nicked it. It was like I saw him nick the ropes, and I and like I, I in fast motion time slowed down as I'm watching it. I'm like, oh no! And then smack, he hits that ground, dude. Like yeah, yeah. Nothing breaking his fall. It was heavy, man. It and then heavy. I don't get how he gets up so quick. Like he, you could tell he's in pain. Like that's gotta hurt. But he got up right after it, like started crawling. I was like, dude, I'm done. Because man. I'm he's done. That. He is a mon- He's the big red machine. He's a machine. Yeah. He's Jason. a machine. Yeah. Um, I don't count that as no selling because at this point, too, Kane oh, was no. like, Kane. Like, he well, was, yeah. hey, that's what and, you should have done is try to get up. Tr- at least yeah. try to get up as soon yeah. as you could. And it yeah. wasn't a no selling point. It was like, whenever you do that and you just start wow, crawling dude. to yeah. get your breath back, yeah. you know, like yeah. he started. Like, I probably would have just lay there and wheezed in pain. But he, like, actually was able to, like, kind of get up and crawl and get his breath back. Like, you could tell he was in pain. He was crawling around. Like, in his head, he was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, this hurts. Um, Yeah, I actually, yeah, I gave it a C plus. I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. Like, everything you said, man, with, with, uh, with uh, Sparky Plug, Thurman, Thurman Plug. What was he going by oh, at this God. point? No, I love. Didn't he have? He was, a, he was already hardcore Holly. He had he was, a different nickname. They were calling. He was Bob him, Holly, but he was hard. Were, it was. It was hardcore. It was hardcore. They, they were calling him hardcore Bob Holly instead of just hardcore Holly. They hadn't like dropped the Bob yet. I thought um, they were calling him. No, they were calling him something else. They were calling him like uh, Big Time or. Uh, they were calling. Oh him yeah, Holly. yeah, yeah. It was like uh, yeah, Big Time, Big Time Holly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was but like they were still calling time, him hardcore, hardcore Holly. Holly. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, hardcore yeah. Holly, but it was like. Big time hardcore, because then at some a couple times they were, try, they were trying that out, you know, yeah. they were trying to put him with that, you know, oh. the baby face thing. Hey man, I just want to let you know, I, I know we literally just talked about how we're not gonna alter anymore, but he gave this match negative one star, and I just can't with you, dude. Like yeah. I know you're never gonna hear this show, but you are an absolute <laughs> moron. Like there's just no way around that. Like I'm sorry, I just gotta get that out. Like you're an absolute idiot. It's Crazy, but you know who is not an idiot? The man they call Sting. And Sting comes, you know, is has a backstage cutting a promo on Muda and just does his super Sting gimmick to a T, delivers a killer promo, and we have Sting versus Muda for the world television title. Surfer Sting was massive at this point, too. I'm sure he was on some gas. It was the 80s. I'm not judging. Everybody was, but dude, he looked incredible honestly he looked incredible he looked like a superhero straight up i mean it was exciting from the start to solid trading of momentum from both sides like they you know they did a really good job of not just like pouring on heat or not just like having sting take too much control it was a good like even keeled back and forth um the one sting dive to the outside was really weird but both guys kind of covered it really well uh, it was really good pacing, really good selling. The crowd was super into it, super hype. Um, Moody used rest holds to add drama. And again, I, I, if you place them well, I oh, yeah. like rest holds. If you place them well, I like them. Uh, and and I I think they, they, they placed them really well here. They did a really good job. Um, Sting was just so over. I mean, it was just he really knew how to use that fiery comeback. 
uh, and he killed it. I mean, smart finish to have both guys at their shoulders kind of up at different times, but the confusion after the match kind of took a little bit away from it. I would have given this match three and a half stars, but because of the confusion afterwards and the way they didn't really explain it on commentary well, it just got three stars for me. Uh, but I really liked that they prolonged the angle, and again, we'll see this later on in the show. But what do you think about the uh, the World TV title here and having it kind of like be almost like vacated, be like held in limbo? What do you think about this Muda versus Sting match? Yeah, man, my main problem with this match was commentary. And it was yeah. J and it was JR and I hate to hate on JR, but JR said the irresistible force meets the immovable object, which became famous from Gorilla Monsoon yeah. two years earlier at WrestleMania in nineteen eighty seven. So he was obviously yeah. saying it. Yeah. What did I say? 97. 97. Oh, 87. This is our favorite year in wrestling, but... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 87. He said... Gorilla Monsoon said that at WrestleMania 3, obviously, with the most famous thing. It's one of the most famous lines they always play at wrestling. So why would you... Obviously, it wasn't... In in 89, they weren't replaying that scene with Gorilla saying that, but in hindsight, looking back after they've used that a million times, it's... You know, I realize JR's a fan. Maybe he... Maybe he heard that other people, maybe that was a saying before then, and then Gorilla Monsoon retired it at in 87, and I, I don't know. But for him to say that there was was kind of weird. The match starts off fast. They're up to the outside. The fans are into it. The fans are going banana. Uh, Sting looked, like you said, man, Sting looked fantastic. As I said earlier, I was always kind of jealous of Sting, and I was I was actually... I was jealous of the black and white sting, whatever you call that sting, and I was also jealous of the surfer sting too. I mean, I've always kind of looked looked over at Sting and been like, man, I'd love to watch that guy. Yeah. And I hate that he, he never. I hate that he took so long. I mean, God, if I could go back in time, I'd say Sting, suck it up. I think, w- dude, w- I think w- that they're gonna do it. I think that I don't know if it's gonna be good. But I think I really do think that they're gonna try to book Sting versus Taker soon. Yeah, I really yeah. think it's gonna Man. happen. What about Sting and his prime? But it, what I want could never happen. I want Sting oh, yeah. and his prime. Yeah, I want 1997 or 1998. Want, yeah, Bershawn. No, I'll, Bershawn oh, dude, if Sean comes back, there's only one man that he should wrestle. And it's AJ the Styles. Rock. It's AJ Styles. Oh yeah, yeah. Like AJ Styles versus Sean would be oh, incredible, and I feel like AJ could carry Sean to have a great. Ah, uh, it's possible. He's actually want, he, no. he said in an interview that he, he said in an interview that, that there's a ha- a handful of guys that he'd be willing to work if the office wanted him to work them. And he I've said he said AJ Styles. He said he said Adam Cole. He said Johnny Gargano. So I don't. I would love to see any of those matches, honestly. I don't want to see Shawn Michaels with a bald head ever again in my life. I don't want I, to see I don't, it. Dude, he could have no hair. He could wear a mask. I don't care. Shawn Michaels no. is Shawn Michaels. I don't care. He, he could have he a goatee. He is not allowed to have bald a bald head and wrestle, in my opinion. I want to see Shawn and Sting in, like, 95. I want to see Sting and Undertaker in the same year. I'd love to see that. I hate that he took so long to come over to the World Wrestling Federation. It sucks now that we're this. everybody's out of their prime. We'll never see what could have been because – Whatever Sting was doing, and he had to stay in TNA. I get he was loyal. I just I hate that he couldn't come over and have, cause Sean came back after his back injury. Like we could have had Sean and Sting for years, headline in WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. If Sting would have just came, so like sick. why did he waste yeah. wasted his time not making the money he deserved? Yeah, wasted his time all because he thought he had some loyalty 
to WCW and TNA and not, I don't know. I don't want to get into that, but, um, and all, and all, also if Sean, the dream match for Shawn Michaels for me is, is Sean versus, uh, the rock because it's never happened. And I don't want that either now because Sean's got, well, a- there's heat there though. The rock doesn't like Sean. And so that would never happen, but they could kill it. Their styles together. Sure, Of course they, they could kill, kill it. it. Yeah. Sean could kill it with anybody, but anyway, man. So then you got, uh, let me get back to the match. Sting looked really good. You got Muto with the red mist to the eyes of the ref. And then, so the ref's out. Um, Sting wins with a back suplex, which is this great. I love the old school wrestling of that, that he's going to, he's going to go over with a back. Yeah, both like shoulders down, oh, but yeah. then they both had their shoulders up. So then I got that next. Sorry. I forgot about that, but my notes will help me. Controversy. <laughs> I yeah. have both both shoulders down. Didn't I didn't like that. I did not like it. Now I remember that whole thing. Because to me, in the video that they showed, it Sting won with a back suplex. I don't I don't see I mean, I don't know. They didn't get a ju- they I've seen people do that finish before and make it look a lot better. But to me, Sting put him in a back suplex and won, in my opinion. I I, I don't know. I, I didn't like the whole controversy. And then how it ended, it ended with like a replay. And then just every, and then they moved on to Lex. Like I didn't, I don't know if my TV skipped or something, but it was no, like. Oh, yeah, that's pretty much what there happened. Was, there was controversy. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I don't know, there's controversy. And then like they showed that they yeah, showed it. It wasn't one explained more time, well at all. And then all of a sudden it went to Lex Luger. And I was like. What the hell just happened? What are we doing? Yeah. So that, I don't know. I don't know. I gave the match a B, though. I gave the match yeah, a Yeah, well, B. I mean, uh, you know, Uncle Dave gave this match three and three-quarter stars, so probably a B plus. Uh, again, like, I probably would have given if it. If, if it would have been explained better, the finish would have been explained better, it would probably would have been the same for me, honestly. But, yeah, that that, that confusion just, uh, they, it was commentary. They should have They should have done a better job, for sure. Yeah. Uh, in the ring, they delivered, and they delivered the finish the way they should have. It was really commentary, just not being able to get it over the right way. Um, but yeah, man, let's let's jump back over to 1999, uh, and we have a backstage segment with Taker getting busted open by Austin. You know, we have a first blood match, so now both guys are already bleeding, and I I liked that dynamic. I think they did a good job writing that and kind of putting that in a situation where both guys are vulnerable. Um, and then we have a promo package for Steve Blackman versus Ken Shamrock in an iron circle match, which is really just a parking lot brawl. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, parking lot match, really, though? Like, I, I just... I feel like we have video games solely to blame for this at this point. Like, it's it's video games' fault that we even have this match. Uh, and we're going to get to that next week. But, um, but, yeah, this match was trash. It was just bad stuff. And... Dude, the damn honking was incessant, dude. Oh. It was so, it was way overkill to the point where it, I, it, anything that could have been construed as good in this, which nothing was, but if, if there could have been anything good here, it was blocked out from Big Daddy V, Viscera, just pounding on the horn every chance he got. Like, so annoying. Um, Shamrock goes over after just leaving the circle. It was so anticlimactic trash like honestly at this point i wrote that this show like this show is trash and russo was never good 
dud. That was the last line of my notes on this match. Like Russo go. was never good. He was the most overrated writer of all time. And this match was just awful. The show as a whole up to this point was absolute trash. What did you think about this quote unquote iron circle match between Steve Blackman and Ken Shamrock? I literally don't have anything else to say than what you just said, other than you're wrong about Russo. But other than that, match was a dud. I didn't like it. There's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to say about Matt. There's nothing to say about this match. There's nothing else to say. There's literally nothing to say in general about this match. Move on. Let's just move on from it. Yeah, Uncle Dave gave it one star Uh, somehow. Because he's a genius. Absolute genius. So, yeah, so we're going to jump back over to 1989. Uh, and following uh, that, you know, that Sting, the Sting Muda match, we had a Luger cutting a promo about the title match with Ricky Steamboat. And, uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it, man. Ricky yeah, Steamboat versus, uh, versus Lex Luger for the U.S. title. Uh, Steamboat riding like a human surfboard holding a Komodo dragon. Like, how much more 80s can an entrance be? Like, it's, it, was, it was pretty 80s. Uh, Luger has them make it a regular match, which means, you know, because they were originally announced as a no DQ. Uh, and I feel like when you do that, it really gives away the finish. Like when you're like, oh, I, I, it has to be a regular rules match or I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, and Steamboat is just one of the greatest pure baby faces of all time. Like no one, and I mean like absolutely no one sold like Ricky Steamboat. Like he just, there was a slowness that he would absorb these hits that like, I'm not even saying he's the best. I'm just saying that no one has ever sold like him. Like he, yeah. he was unique. He was so believable. Um, it, it was it was great. I mean, and Steamboat is just chopping the actual life out of Luger. Uh, hey, remember when I said uh, Luger has only had a handful of great matches and they were all in WCW? I rest my case because this match was phenomenal. It was a great match. Um, and as good as he was, as famous as he was, Steamboat is still underrated to me. As famous as he is, even though everyone knows Ricky Steamboat, all the marks, we all love him, he's still underrated to me. Just so good. I mean, like, in-ring worker, probably top 10 for me. Um, just phenomenal match ends the DQ, of course, which is not my favorite. Um, you know, Steamboat was just wailing on Luger though. And he's really sold it. It, it. it made it believable, um, chasing him all the way out, which is a good call. Good booking. Uh, the finishes are great. And man, I really miss Dusty Rhodes. Like I just felt like, oh, yeah. you know, I just, I just miss him. I miss his influence. I gave this match three and a half stars. So a B plus to an A minus, uh, man, oh, what wow. do you think about Ricky Steamboat versus Lex Luger. Wow, man. So this is where I kind of went back into my production notes on, you know, WCW in 1989, NWA, whatever. It it just, I I really started to see production-wise, man, they're trying to compare with with WWE, which is at, and actually WWE in in 89 is actually at WrestleMania WrestleMania 5. Is that their fifth WrestleMania? 1989 was Hogan and Macho Man. Think back at Hogan and Macho Man. Think about that WrestleMania. Think about how good the production was. Think about every shot. I mean, man, I know that I've seen that WrestleMania a million times. That production compared to this production, like, this was bad, man. Like, thank God today, AEW is, their production looks great. Like, that would be so terrible if they, if they tried to compete right now with this type of production. I mean, AEW's production looks just as good as WWE. 
and WWE's been doing it forever. I mean, for them to, this is the best WCW could do this far. And just compare that. Think about where the WWF is at right now. In 89, they're at WrestleMania 5, Hogan versus Macho. Watch that WrestleMania. Watch any superstar show or primetime, whatever they were doing right at that point. And compare it to this. Man, this looks like some southern, southern wrestling stuff. I couldn't get past that because I'm a WWF guy. So my mind totally jumped to that because I saw the bad quality. I saw the bad shots, the camera, the lighting, everything was like... It's a match, though. Like, the match itself. But but the production affects the match a little bit. But to the match, you were right. Man, not a surprise. Steamboat, one of the greatest of all time. He looked like a million bucks. He was great in the ring. Lex... Look like a million bucks. Yeah. His body, man. I mean, yeah. and, and and his wrestling, his timing, I've never seen him that good in in the WWF. You're never. right. I mean, he was yeah. he was where where was this? You know, that was my main thought. Ricky you know, Steamboat. I, he was he was just carrying him, man. That's really Steamboat what it was. Man, but as the narcissist Lex Luger, I saw a couple good times with him, but he definitely was never matched up with the right person. No secret, you know, Lex isn't the best in the ring. Um, and, and you could you could tell, you could tell in this match, you know, but Steamboat was so good. He was so fast, though, at some point. Steamboat was so freaking good. I think Steamboat is, I mean, he's underrated, as you say, as everybody I mean, Steamboat's underrated. But he there were some points where Steamboat was so much on point and so fast and so quick and knew what to do next just instinctively that you can tell Lex wasn't ready. Like, Lex was kind of... Um, I gave Lex credit. He looked great here. But there was some times where Lex was basically a step behind, as they say. Uh, Steamboat was there waiting for Lex because Steamboat had already set up for something, and there was a split second where Lex just had to get there and... I saw that, and that's basically because Steamboat is one of the greatest of all time in the ring. Not greatest of all time as, you know, all-around performer, because, right, right, right. you know, he definitely was lacking in the promos were a little weak, yeah. Yeah, but in the ring, dude, remember, we? I think we talked about it, when he came back and did, like, a surprise match with Jericho. Oh, and yeah. It's like, yeah. what the hell? Like, everybody yeah. was like, what did we... What was that? Like, he looked amazing. He looked yeah. better than the young guys. So, yeah. obviously, Steamboat in just ring work, that's why it's so hard to rate. Everybody wants to rate wrestlers in the Mount Rushmore because you can't do it. Because, no, you, you can't. I mean, if you just focus solely on in-ring, you can put, like, Steamboat up there in the top five. But then if you do a total package or, or everything, I don't know. It's crazy. But he was so good. He was amazing at selling. He was doing... He was doing some uh, some some Shawn Michaels style selling. I mean, well, I guess Shawn does Steamboat style selling because Steamboat came first. But he was doing some some great great selling. Um, I did not like the finish. Um, you know, Lex brought a chair in, and then Steamboat did a slingshot with the chair, and Lex like held the chair up and didn't drop the chair to get slingshot into the turnbuckle. And then, you know, he hit himself with the chair. Yeah. It was like, oh, man. And then and then he picks up the chair, and and commentary had obviously planned this because they were, like, setting it up, saying, Steamboat's lost his mind. He's lost his mind. 
hey, Oscar's mine. He lost, you know, and yeah. he, he hits him with a chair to DQ himself. I thought that was terrible. So I gave it a C plus because of that finish. I'll let me wrap this. I had a lot of notes on this match. I'm sorry. I actually, it's all was, good. I was hey, into well, yeah. it. was cause I was into this match. Yeah. Um, I gave it a C, I gave it a C plus man. I, that finish was whack with that. Whole I mean, I gave it, I gave it a B plus. I didn't mind the finish. Uh, uncle Dave loved this match. Yeah, I mean, Uncle Dave gave it four and a quarter stars, uh, which is, I mean, wow. yeah, yeah, just wow. wow. Absolutely, you're absolutely right, man. But, I mean, it's, I will say that so far here, you know, we're getting close to, to the end of these shows, and, and I gotta say that overall, ni- 1989 is running away with it, man. I mean, just running away with it. And one thing I just want to say before we even continue here, like, man, the Attitude Era is so, like, we were talking about the beginning, like the opening package, like how it just looks so good. And man, like, why can't wrestling be like this again? Like, and and you're right. But like the stories do need to be more intense and more realistic and more like and, and make more sense. I agree with that. But like, to be honest, the wrestling in the Attitude Era was awful. Like, it was really yeah. bad. The actual matches, like especially going back, like, dude, when we started this show, I, the majority of, of my hype was like, man, I'm going to get to go back and watch these Attitude Era shows that I loved as a kid, as a, a teen, a preteen, an adolescent, like whatever. And now it's like, dude, it's like almost like after, you know, a, a few months of doing this show, almost like six months of doing this show, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I'm almost sad because I almost feel like I hate watching Attitude Era shows because I the matches are gonna suck so bad. Yeah. But you know what? Let's jump. Let's jump back into back into the attitude era because I feel like this match really didn't suck that bad. Uh, you know, it was a uh, Road Dog and X Pac versus Billy kind of for the DX trademark. Uh, now this angle, the angle sucked. Uh, Russo is just an ass. Like it just made it made no sense. It was a little too inside baseball. Like oh, we're gonna make more money from the T-shirt sales, and they tried to to like make that apparent to the audience with the promo package, but it just fell short. And they they didn't do a really good job of building the angle to where it should have been on this show this way. Uh, like especially back then when they weren't doing you know they weren't really doing a a, a pay per view every month. You know it was like they at least had more time to build, and this just it fell flat as far as the angle, but the match itself was, I mean, Billy Gunn took like a dolphin style bump. Where he just like flopped around vertically and I laughed my ass off. Um, uh, X-Pac pretty much slammed himself for China uh, after like bouncing off the ropes. And I loved that. It was a really good spot. He's again, another underrated worker. Uh, Road Dog gets the hot tag and kind of a hodgepodge ending, but Road Dog goes over uh, Billy Gunn after his pump handle slam, and it probably was the best match so far on the show. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it was the highest highest rated match on the show that, thus far from from me, and I gave it two and a half stars, which would have been like a C plus. What did you think about um, yeah. what did you think about Road Dog and Xbox versus Billy Gunn in China? Yeah. Um... I think they were having pay-per-views every month by 99, but I'm not, I'm not for sure. I think it I think certainly they were. wasn't, they might have, but it wasn't like it is now where there's like also like, it's like almost every three yeah, weeks. Like, like, yeah, yeah, every, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, man. Uh, China was looked amazing. I mean, China looked really good in this match. I, this I was know. the best China looked period. Yeah. In my opinion. This, like this is the, this is where, this is where she was, passable in my opinion oh yeah oh yeah definitely i i, I was feeling that too on china I, honestly i was just looking at china most of the match um yeah X- xbox always impressive um 
I don't think I gave it as big as a grade, though. I mean, I, nothing really impressed me with it. The The whole story was, was okay. I mean, it was right there. It was middle of the road. I mean, you know, it was an average match. A C. What did you, you give it? I give it a C. I, I give it a C, C plus. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't anything crazy. Uh, didn't, yeah. didn't steal the show. No, it certainly didn't. Uh, but uh, Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter stars. Um, so we roughly all kind of agreed on that one. Uh, but I can guarantee you we're not going to agree on the next match. Let's go ahead and jump back over to 1989. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, super cute young JR just giving us the intro for War Games and kind of explaining how it all works out. Uh, the Freebirds and the Samoan SWAT team cutting a promo on the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express and Dr. Death. Uh, and then, you know, then it hops over to the baby faces and they pretty much cut the same kind of same kind of promo. And it was just great. It was cheesy, but it was great cheese. Like deep, like like deep runny high school cafeteria nacho cheese. But I ate it up. I, lo- I loved it. You know what I mean? I, I enjoy I enjoyed that cheesy wrestling. Uh, a lot of this show has just been so fantastic for nostalgia for me too. Like I just I love I I really loved the show, man. Like I like if you get a chance to watch a wrestling show this this week, uh, you don't have anything else to watch, man. Go watch 1989's Great American Bash. It really was a really great show. Uh, this might be one of my new like favorite pay per views from the WCW in general. Like it might be one of my favorite pay per views from NWA or WCW period. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna bring us into the match. I'm gonna go ahead and let you take it away. What did you think about this War Games match with the Freebirds and the Samoans uh, versus Midnight Express, the Road Warriors, and Doctor Death? Yeah, man. Uh, this was my first ever War Games match, um, not including NXT's War Games match that they had. This is my first ever real, genuine World War Well, what did War you game. think, brother? What did you think? Let me tell you, brother. Uh, <laughs> I was always jealous of this match. I already told you all about that. I knew about it. Uh, it was a mystery. I didn't really know how it worked. Um, I kind of figured that out when NXT did it. Uh, I thought Bobby Eaton's mullet was a 10 out of 10, a plus two thumbs up that dude had a mullet to die for and i loved it it was a uh, old school southern wrestling inside this cage though man you know you yeah. got the you got you got a. Uh, it was it's wrestling fu- it's funny because we got michael hayes in the 99 show and he's also here man michael hayes eaton fell close to those uh close to the cage and he came up and started pulling his hair i started getting hyped dog i was yeah, like yeah yeah yeah, that's good, what good I was, heel move, man. Pull good that heel hair. move. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen that before in my freaking life, and I was like, I'm gonna steal that, and I'm not even a wrestler, but I'm gonna steal that. I don't know how I'm gonna steal it, but I'm gonna steal it. That was great. I'm gonna tell somebody to do that because that was awesome. I loved it. That was amazing. Um, I didn't really understand the rules, honestly. I was watching this match. I don't get it. I, I didn't really get that. I, I think I watched the whole match not really understanding what was happening, so that might hinder my rating here. Um, it was a long process getting... Now, let me go back before the match starts. I'm sorry. Getting everybody into the ring, very long process. Like, they kept coming out. They kept getting in the ring. It was... It was, uh, that's the thing. That, But I don't give the rules. I guess the match started, but it didn't start. I don't... They kept saying the match doesn't it's, it's, start. It's, it's, okay, so it's almost like a Royal Rumble, where it's like it starts off with two guys, and then... But it's not, because you can't get eliminated. There's right. No, it doesn't make sense, right. because it does, why it does. are you it, makes, it does make sense. 
It does make sense because so, because they have because it's it's a culmination of a bunch of different angles. It's pretty much this is again this is eighty nine man. Like heels and baby faces are very very defined at this point. So it's like any baby face can team with another baby face. Any heel can team with another heel. It all makes sense. It really does. Here's the and thing. like, okay. I'm sorry. Here's the thing. After your first ever war game war games, if the rules are always like this, then you obviously know nothing is gonna happen. At the start of the match, the start is pointless. Nothing happens until everybody hits the ring. So everything you see for the frickin' hour beforehand is pointless and stupid. And I got it's that not right pointless, away. Though. What was what was the point? It literally nothing really happened and mattered. But that's like saying, until everybody hit the ring. Or like spots in general or until no, the finish it's not. happens. And that's just no, not it's true. No, it's not because a finish could no, because whenever that's happening, you don't know. If the finish the finish could happen right there, a big spot could, the finish can't happen yet. That's what I'm saying. Right, but but you still but it's more it's it's more like a an actual like sports analogy where like okay for example it matters when there's just two guys in there, especially if one guy is just getting dominated the whole time. It, that does matter, like it, because then it's it's like a bad team sport it becomes a team sport instead of an individual sport and like now it's like you know it's that's like saying it it only matters to watch the last two minutes of a football game because we know that the game is not going to be over in the first quarter and that's not the case you know what i mean this isn't this isn't football and there there is a reason why we don't do this in main wrestling because the closest thing we have is an elimination chamber and we have war elim- games we have war games in nxt now it's a staple it's in gonna NXT. happen every year NXT. Now. listen okay. listen listen the elimination Hottest chamber the elimination though, chamber <laughs> the elimination chamber you get eliminated a roy rumble you can get eliminated there's no point of people fighting and not being able to do anything in the way wrestling works. You're comparing it to football. Wrestling doesn't work that way. I'm comparing and every it to other... any team sport. This is a team. This is a, this is a team match though. It's not, it's why a, can't there's you no be individual winner. It doesn't make but, sense. Because and, it, and NXT's version of that, okay, the same okay. way. There's not a roof to the cage in the NXT version. It's not the same. Yeah. Th- it's not even the same thing. It, this is, it, it makes sense. It does. I, I understand that you don't like it, but it does does make does make sense because you can leverage one team gets the advantage the other team comes in and another guy and it makes sense it makes sense but and the there's way actually they a formula bring people the way the board games matches work if you really pay attention to but I, I, granted I understand you've only seen like two maybe three I feel like there was a one at Fall Brawl that we covered um, maybe I'm not sure but I feel like there was one at the Fall Brawl that we covered anyway but yeah it does make sense what what, did, what was your overall rating for this one though well. And in many ways, I, th- I thought it was cool, and the fans liked it. Um, JR was trying to single-handedly save the pay-per-view. Um, Hawks Hangman. Wait, is this the right match? Did I just mess up my notes right here? No, no, that's Hawk right. Hawks was that's the right. match, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. Ha- the dude the did last you guy see in. that? So Hawks Hangman, did you see that match? Or that, that move? Yeah. The Hangman yeah. that he did? Yeah. That thing was yeah. terrifying. And then the yeah, name, yeah, yeah. calling it the yeah. hangman, like, man, that was crazy. But JR really went into it on this one, on the uh, on, on calling this match. He was like, he started killing it. Like he was, he was really, he was doing a, he was doing a great job. I, I you're gonna hate me. You're gonna hate me. Uh, a tap to the hangman 
after all of that that I sat through, I sat through everything there, through waiting for everybody to come in the ring, I gave it a D minus. What? Uh, the best the, I can give this what match. What the hell? Like, what? What? Like, Terrible uh, match. I'm so good. There, there's a reason. Me. There's a reason that's why a they don't have that match. opinion to me. That's great. They do have that match. They do have that they match. Stop saying they brought, don't have Triple that match. Triple H just brought it back, and he's probably never going to do it again. They're what doing is, it every year. It's happening this year. When is They're it happening? Every year. Hasn't it, happening. It happens, it happens in October. The War Games is going to be an NXT staple from now on. I haven't seen it. It will have takeover. I've war. seen okay, it one I, time. I will tell you the date that it's happening because I literally yeah. just looked one this up. One time. It's going to happen. That's what I'm saying. But because it was such a success when you saw it last year, and it was awesome, we're NXT. going to see it again. Yeah, because NXT is is definitely – everybody knows NXT, right? Yeah, go down the street and ask five people, hey, do you know what NXT is? I guarantee you 0.0% are going to say, Everyone hey, that yeah. listens to this show knows exactly what NXT is. Everybody – hey, they can go – is what yeah, it's November 23rd. It's November 23rd this year. NXT Takeover War Games. It's at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, uh, Illinois, which is in Chicago. So, so go ahead and write it down because it's going to happen every year. He's already said it. It's going to happen every year. Why? Because this match is awesome. Because this match was great. It hasn't been a match. It hasn't been a match for 20 years. But because, because Vince Triple doesn't H like the double rings, it. but you already said that you like the double rings. That's why. That's the only reason why. I Vince like was the double rings. You should. Bruce you said it better on his podcast. He loved the idea of a war games. The only reason why I didn't do it was because he didn't want to put two rings. That's that's the only reason why I didn't do it because it's a great match. It's a great con. Okay, so here's my overview of this man. Eden and Garvin start off, and the heel always gets the upper hand right off the bat in in these matches. And it's always the if you watch these matches. The heel always is – there's always a double team in the beginning. It always ends up being two heels on one baby face for, for a few minutes. Then it levels out. So that way – and it's generally always the baby faces go over. I know there's a couple times the heels have gone over, but generally always the baby faces go over. Um, and because it's a, it's a feel-good match, especially in the 80s when it was a prominent match. I mean, those, that's the, this is kind of like a make make the fans happy. Uh uh, there was a, there was a lot of hodgepodge here. I will say one of the noteworthy things is when Hayes finally gets it like in, he comes in and delivers like eight DDTs. He literally DDTs everyone, which is really funny considering how like Ross always complains about how there's too many DDTs now, and you would have never seen that in the NWA, and that yeah. literally happened on this like on this spot. So I did I did write that down. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, Hawk was the last one, and when he made his entrance, the crowd. Lost it. I mean, it was a huge oh, yeah. pop. Just nothing but huge clotheslines and chops. And then, you know, Garvin submits to that neck crank. And it was a spectacle. And it worked. It, uh, I, I wrote this down, too. Like, it wasn't a great wrestling match. I agree. But it got the job done. And the crowd absolutely ate it up, dude. Like, I gave it three stars. I loved the match. I loved I mean, I, I thought it was really good. So no, I mean, you look, loved it. Three stars. A solid B. A solid B for me. Uncle Dave gave this match four stars. So he thought it was about an A. Uh, maybe you not Dave, so hey, you and Dave are best friends. Maybe not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, all right. So, yeah, let's jump back over to 1999. Let's just keep this ball rolling. Uh, and here's a match where I feel like we're both going to probably agree on this. Uh, the promo package for Triple H and The Rock. Uh, really, really good package covering their entire like history up into this point. I thought that they did a great job with the production there. 
Yeah, man. Uh, the strap match. Uh, wow. Like oh, here in the old theme, here in the old theme for Triple H though, with like the like the sirens in the beginning, like that. Like I would really love for him to use it again, just for like one match. Like I thought, I think that'd be really kind of cool uh, to like kind of step, you know, where he like stepped up on the grate and they had just the lights from the grate where he like yeah. they would change. Like that was just such a cool entrance. Which that he one had. was that? Was that the oh oh oh? Whoa. No, it was like the wah wah wah, the wah wah wah. Oh, I get okay. that Triple H, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it's it the same guy that did like the trip, the the, the DX theme or whatever. Uh, it was, oh yeah, that was a good one. That was a it good was one. a great theme. Like I, w- I would really like before Motorhead. I would really yeah. like to see that happen again once in my life. When, when was the one? I'm I think I'm thinking of the one that came right after this one, but before Motorhead, where it was just like uh you like a uh. Just somebody's going, uh, oh, whoa, whoa, in a high voice over and over again. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that, whoa that was the whoa, same. That was, it was the same. It was the same song. It's the same song. Oh, the one you're that, talking that, like, about? Yeah, it was the same song. Okay, yeah, that's what I asked. It, oh, which one are you talking about? Yeah, okay, yeah. It, it was the same song. Oh, okay, that one. No. But it was, a, it was a beautiful promo by The Rock, too. Uh, like, kind of like building the whole thing. Uh, man, it just. It was a really hot start to like Rock grabbed the Kodak camera from the first row and took a picture. Like huge crowd popped. It was a great spot. Lots of brawling on the outside. Um, um, Helmsley is uh, Helmsley is, is uh, his specialty is brawling outside. I know that you know Cass hates that and he always <laughs> he always shits on Triple H. It's the first that's, thing that's he goes. Uh, but it works and it's uh, he's built a Hall of Fame career on it. Um, uh, these guys just had a really believable rivalry to me. Uh, you could tell that they were very competitive backstage, too. Uh, I, I was invested in this. I enjoyed the brawling. Uh, you know, China came down to the ring about halfway through and caused some distractions, and I didn't like that at all. I, I didn't, I honestly, like, after after DX, I, I, I wish that Triple H wouldn't have kept China around. I think that it just didn't make sense to me at all. Any time people saw Triple H matches, it felt weird after after DX to me because I felt like most of the time she played a babyface uh, and she would still kind of like be the heel just for him, which is weird. Uh, it was just strange. Uh, once they got in the ring, it was it was pretty awkward. Uh, it was better on the outside to me. Uh, the choking spot with in the corner uh, kind of lost me. It kind of took me out of the immersion of it. Uh, and then Hunter takes the strap off, and that doesn't, I don't like that. Again, continuity, you got to keep me immersed in the rules of the match. Uh, so that I felt like that was kind of stupid. And I, I agreed with Ross. Like, Ross on commentary was like, you can't do this. This this shouldn't be happening. The ref needs to go ahead and throw this out now. Like, And you could tell by the tone of his voice that he was heated. Like, this is stupid. This doesn't make sense. This mm-hmm. shouldn't be happening. Uh, but Helmsley finally gets the win after a pedigree and a lots of buffoonery. Uh, it was a good match, but it wasn't great to me. I gave it two and a half stars, so a C to a C plus at best. What did you think about Triple H versus The Rock here in a strap match? Yeah, man. The only thing I can really add that you haven't touched on was there was some cool spots where the, you could tell they were doing things that weren't planned, that weren't called for beforehand. They got deep into the crowd. They decided to go over the railing at one point and into the crowd's feet, like really kind of high up. I could tell, you know, you could just kind of tell then, and then triple H jumped off that railing and did like a terrible, cause triple H didn't jump off anything, but you could tell they were just kind of calling it out there. On a lot yeah. of these spots, you know, and, and what, what do you do? I, there's no other way to do it in a type of match like this than call it while you're out there. But 
you know, they did a good job at it. They did a good job of making it entertaining for the rock killing it out there, being very charismatic and, you know, God, you could really see here why he is the great one. Um, yeah, yeah, man, I, I pretty much agree with you, uh, all the way up and down on this match. I have no disagreements and you, everything you pretty much nailed it. There's nothing much else to say. It was, it was okay for being all on the outside and you know, well, was, uncle Dave, the, the, the technician that loves Japanese wrestling gave this, uh, gave this match three and a quarter stars. So <laughs> it'll be B plus again, I just don't, I don't even understand his brain, man. It just doesn't even compute with me anymore. It doesn't make doesn't any up. sense at all. Uh, but you know, it does make sense, man. Every single time, especially in the 1980s is Ric Flair cutting a promo on a title match. And it's always solid. It, I, I will say it was a little strange, honestly. Ric Flair is is a like a true babyface in the eighties, um, but man, like I delivered a great promo. He's Ric Flair, uh, and I mean that's gonna take us in straight into the 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 World Heavyweight Championship match: Terry Funk versus Ric Flair. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and lead the charge here on this one too. Um, yeah, buddy. Brawling from the start, it was a very different from the normal Ric Flair matches, but he adapts so well because. You know, he's, I mean, he is the goat of that generation. He is the greatest of all time for that generation. From the 80s to the 90s, he is the goat, in my opinion. Now, moving forward, we both know that it's Shawn Michaels overall, the actual of all time guy. But, man, Mm -hmm. Ric Flair is definitely in that conversation, no doubt about it. Uh, uh, Funk is really the godfather of hardcore, too, man. Like, he just, he was doing things here that were very different. I mean, no one else was that violent. I mean, especially at this time. I mean, maybe other than probably Bruiser Brody, but he wasn't a mainstream name. He was a Japan wrestler. He was an outlaw. He was Bruiser Brody. But man, I mean, Terry Funk really made it work because he was an NWA champion beforehand. He was a, you know, an acclaimed just pro wrestler before he got into the violence. So like it made, it made sense. Uh, It did kind of become like a straight up chop fest, but it was violent and it was great. It made sense because they were deep chops and they were just beat shit out of each other and it was great um there, there was a couple weird spots uh you know where where funk went for a went to like suplex flair out of the ring and maybe they're and they just pulled it off well but it seemed like rick was like no dude i'm not from from in the ring to the funk really wanted it to happen that that's kind of it that's kind of what it felt like to me um it looked like there was a little bit of miscommunication with it, though, because when he finally got back in the ring, he just took a big bump off of a punch and then rolled out. And it's like, <laughs> so he's like, well, I'm not going to take this bump, but if you want me on the outside, brother, just hit me down and I'll go out, you know. Uh, but again, you know, these guys just calling in the ring, obviously. The crowd was so hot for this. Uh, it was really, again, like just super strange seeing Flair work as a baby face. Uh, but I loved the match. And, and Flair went over after like a, a, a roll-up reversal, a small package reversal. I gave the match three and a half stars, a B plus, solid match. Uh, the post match stuff with like Muda, you know, hitting the ring and Funk, and then like turning into like you know leading leading a, the angle into like a, a tag team situation, like Sting and Flair versus Funk and Muda. I thought that was really cool. Uh, they all four like brawled to the back, and like it was a great hype way to end the entire show. They spent a lot of time in the post match with that brawl, and you had like all of the, your biggest stars brawling. And I thought they did a really good job. I thought at the end, by the end of this pay per view specifically, I was really into it. Uh, I loved it, man. Flair and Sting cut a promo on Funk and Muda, and Bob Geigel and Jr. with the send off. I-, I loved it overall for me. Th- this show totally. 
I'd give it about three and a half to four stars. I loved, I loved 1989's Great American Bash. What do you think about this main event and the mat and the whole, the whole show? Yeah, man. I gave, uh, first of all, that Flair interview, I gave it five stars. Just that, yeah. that interview, man. Yeah, man. He made it real. He made it like, like it was a real fight. Like it was a real boxing match. Yeah. Like it was a real UFC fight or something. And that's what I loved about it, man. And that's what I liked most about this this pay-per-view. They treated the whole pay-per-view like it was a sport, and that's what they were going for at this time. And I really like that. And that's what AEW has said they were trying they're gonna try to do. And I really look forward to that because I, I do like that. Man, yeah. freaking Ric Flair though. That entrance with the women on his arm, man, he was the greatest. How do you not see that entrance? entrance and just not think man no, this the guy best. the best the greatest, the greatest. Of, yeah the greatest he's yeah the greatest of all time man i mean that was it was so great man there, there was it this match though was there was high intensity it was a high intensity start yeah. they went to the outside it was physical there was a physical match it was a roller coaster of a match they, they were just killing it on all grounds every aspect they were doing it God, Terry Funk, man, he's a legend. Also, uh, man, Flair wins with a reverse cradle, uh, and I actually like that. I don't know why people, you know, wrestlers now should be fans of, you know, the product and fans of of yesteryear. I don't know why people don't reuse these types of finishes. You know, I agree. You got, a reverse cradle would be so. It's so exciting when it happens. Some yeah. people, you know, I feel like today we're all wanting that big RKO boom out spot, of nowhere. Yeah. Or that big, you know, yeah, the spot, the big, you know, you're landing on the canvas and it boom. Then that's yeah, the yeah. one, two, three. But what about that? You know, what about like Owen Hart where he rolls up Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10 out of nowhere yeah. and Bret Hart, or Owen Hart wins? You're yeah. like, oh, my God, dude. Or, Sha- was- or Sean and Hunter at uh, SummerSlam 02 when he came dude. back. Yeah, he does the flip over. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't I know why 100%. people don't. I agree, dude. That may, and that just made me think. From a, cre- I'm always thinking creative, even though I, I'm, don't have. I just think that in a reverse cradle for a win. That's awesome, man. Somebody cradles you up and you reverse cradle it. One, two, three, boom! How fantastic uh, would that be? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, I love. The baby faces coming out to save the other baby face. I think we'll see that from AEW. I feel like AEW is definitely trying to be like that. I haven't, we haven't seen that yet. Uh, we've seen a little bit of that, but um, baby face, they actually kind of missed that a little bit whenever they came out for that check signing. But on AEW, not we're not comparing with AEW though. But I hope we see that because you know the baby face was was having trouble in the ring, and every other baby face came out from the locker room was trying to save the baby fits. I love that stuff. Um, yeah, man, I gave it, I, I gave it a B. I mean, it was great. I don't, I haven't, I didn't give anything an A in this, in either one. I know we got one more match to go, but, um, yeah, I gave it a B. I gave it a B. It was good. Good stuff. So yeah, overall rank, overall, overall grade for a great American bash 89. For the great, great American bash. I don't hold it up as as much as you do as being such a great show, I thought it was, you know, there was a, there was a lot more that could have been right on this show. I think they, uh, it could have been a lot better. I'll say that could have been a lot better. It was an average show. 
I disagree wholeheartedly, but let's go ahead and jump over and finish off 1999's Fully Loaded. Um, You know, throughout the show, they've done a really good job of building the angle here. Um, So it's, uh, it's, you know, another, uh, you know, finally the the last to go home video package, I guess, for Austin and Taker. Uh, And McMahon kind of makes his interest and and joins the commentary booth, which is always a fun time. Uh, So that, that got me a little hype. Uh, but now, you know, so it's Undertaker versus Stone Cold. And I felt like it was kind of awkward uh, showing both guys backstage before their entrance, entrance music hits. And it kind of killed that entrance pop for both of them, which is really weird. Uh, it was straight into a brawl from the beginning. And uh, there's not really much else to say about it. It was just a lot of brawling, like a lot of punching around the crowd, a solid five minutes before they even got in the ring. Uh, it really wasn't much better once they got in the ring either. It was just kind of the same thing. And I just don't like these kinds of matches. I'm not like, I just, I don't, I don't like pure brawl, like just fights. I, that's just not, that's not for me. I want to see some kind of, I'm watching wrestling to see wrestling. And it just, it wasn't, it just, it wasn't for me. You know how I feel about Taker. And honestly, I think that Steve Austin is the best gimmick, one of the best storylines ever in the business. But by the time, like once he broke his neck and he became stone cold, his matches weren't that great. I mean, now he had matches at Stone Cold with Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13 before he broke his neck, and he had fantastic matches. And his stunning Steve in WCW, fantastic in-ring work. Not a brawler at all. He was actually much more of a technician at stunning Steve in WCW. And we're going to cover some of his matches at some point. But once he once he broke his neck and he just became Stone Cold Steve Austin, he was just middle fingers and, and probably the best promo ever and great angles. But his matches just weren't that great, to be honest. He had some really good ones with The Rock, good ones with Triple H, uh, you know, a handful here and there. But this one with Taker just wasn't one of them. You could honestly tell that they were kind of like, they were kind of both nursing injuries. Like, it was like, well, you know, they don't, I'm not giving up my top spot, brother. Like, I'm going to make this paper. You know what I mean? Like, it just you could yeah. tell both guys could have used some time off. Um, Shane took a wicked chair shot to the dome. Uh, and, and, and Taker, you know... Just lots of offense, just so much interference, hodgepodge ending. Uh, you know, Austin gets the win after, you know, the X-Pac, like, pretty much gives the Van Daminator to, to, to take her, and there's more blood. Hebner sees it. I felt like it was pretty bad. I gave the match one star just because the crowd was so hype, but it wasn't for me at all. I had to struggle to, to pay attention. It was just, it just wasn't good to me. I just don't like these kinds of matches. And so overall, for me, man, it wasn't a ter- it wasn't a terrible show. It was a terrible show. There was some duds on the here. There was a negative star match on here. Yeah. I mean, at, at best, at best, I can give this this whole show a D, uh, maybe a D plus, just because of how hype it was and and some of the angles were so over. But man, like in my kayfabe comparison, 1989 handedly wins this one, the Great American Bash. What do you think about this uh, this main event, and what's your overall comparison for this one? Yeah, man, I hate to end it on such a short note, but is hodgepodge. I mean, this last speaking on the last match. I mean, it was it nothing good, man. It, it, they so did a much, good job of building this angle all through the yeah, show, and the angle yeah. was hype, but the oh, that was so match was yeah, yeah. But then again, also with every other match, just. All the other matches were on the outside of the ring. You had the hardcore match, this, that, uh, and the other. Every match was on the outside of the ring, outside of the ring, hardcore match, no holds bar match, whatever. This match is a, a first blood match. It's like, come on, man. Like, they didn't book the show that great, especially 
for it being WWE. They've done better. And, you know, at this Dave time... Gave this match three and three-quarter stars. I'm just going to go ahead and interject that here. God, what a... Yeah, it's definitely not that. It's a dub, Jesus like you Lord said. Lord God in heaven, I am praying yeah. for him right now. Just give him some salvation because he needs something in his life. Like he Lord, he needs something. It was yeah, it was definitely a dud, man. It was this hodgepodge outside of the ring. Nothing was good. There was really nothing good about. I mean, if I'm being dead honest, there's really nothing good about the match. I mean, I, I don't know. The show sucked. You had the terrible match after match after match i mean look what we rated it i mean it's definitely got to go to 89 but the only way i'll differ from you on the whole kayfabe comparison is i don't think 89 was that great of a show i think it was a pretty average show and it sucks that an average uh, show i disagree hard but, like hard <laughs> well well but but what's sad is another average show beats Attitude the height era. of the Attitude Era, yeah. And which we've seen since we started is Attitude Era almost always loses. And I, and I be, we're going to get to a little bit uh, – we're starting to get to a couple more new generation shows. And yeah. it, before that with the Hogan Era shows, I bet you those shows will get way better ratings and beat the socks off of WCW every time, no doubt. Because I know for a fact a lot of those new generation shows were way better – and definitely the Hogan era shows are way better. So it's crazy that we think back on it, that Attitude was so great. I think, you know, Attitude era was so great. I'm not going to get into it, but it's just crazy again. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm giving it to 89 NWA, Great American Bash. But I don't think that show was that great either. I don't oh, I think this it, was the greatest two shows we've ever covered, but... I, no, not not the greatest two shows we ever covered, but man, I mean, I feel like I texted you at some point. And I was like, man, that 1989 show was great. I just, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved it, it was to death. Very fun to watch, though. But man, you know what? Hey, it's August the first. It's a new month. You know, people are gonna start going back to school soon. The summer is kind of winding down. Uh, thank you guys for joining us here, August first. Today, 1989's fully loaded versus 1989's Great American Bash next week. Uh, we are going to do the very first ever pop culture episode, and we are going to be covering Nintendo versus Xbox. Man, I am super, super pumped for that one. I'm super pumped to kind of like dive into a different market for us to see if it works out. It might be a complete disaster. We might just fumble Maybe. over each other the whole show. It might be terrible. It might be great. Uh, who knows, man? Uh, but yeah, let's just go ahead and give you guys the rundown for the next month. After that, after uh, on August 8th, the Nintendo and Xbox show, August the 15th, We'll be covering head-to-head for the first time the uh, WWE product. So we're going to cover, uh, you know, TakeOver for SummerSlam and then the actual SummerSlam main card. I'm really pumped about that one. That's going to be coming at you guys on August the 15th. Uh, on August the 22nd, we're going to be covering 1998's ECW Heat Wave, which is notoriously one of their best-ever pay-per-views, versus one of my favorite-ever 1996 pay-per-views, Mind Games. And we saw... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we saw Mankind versus Shawn Michaels yes. in the main event. You know, honestly, probably, in my opinion, Mick Foley's best match ever. His best match ever, in my opinion. Uh, I'm really pumped about that one. And then to wrap up our August, uh, at the end of August, um, August 29th, we're going to be covering 1988's WWF SummerSlam. And it's going to be another nostalgia show. We're only going to go five years ahead. We're going to do 1993's. SummerSlam, and that's going to be a really, really good time. I'm really pumped to that about that, man. What do you think about the schedule coming up? 
Man, I'm excited, man. Uh, man, that mind game show is redonkulous. I yeah, honestly, I don't know the other shows that are on that, or the other matches that are on that card. So I'm excited to watch the other matches because I only know it for Sean Mankind. So I'm excited, excited for Nintendo to beat Microsoft. I'm sorry, I'm excited for everything. Uh, we'll for see, all. We'll see about all that, happen. man. But yeah, you guys, thanks for sticking with us, man. Thanks for sticking with us through the summer. It is now August 1st. It's a, it's a new month. It's a new chapter. It's a new day. Yes, it is. And yeah. we are super pumped. Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias at kfabecom, K-A-Y-F-A-B-E-C-O-M. Please give us a subscription. Give us a review. Let us know if we're terrible. Go ahead and give us a one-star or a five-star review. Uh, yeah, and tell a friend, man. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. We are out. Peace. Peace. Hit it with the hand.